Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Gossipin', where we gossip while we sip. This is Vanessa, and I will be hosting this week's podcast. But before we get into what we're talking about this week, ladies, what are we sipping on this week? Hello, I am sipping on some <laughs> Kim Crawford Rosé. There's this big stand at Publix of wine that's on sale. So I snatched it up. I'm on my third glass because I was ready way ahead of the game tonight. So I'm ready to go. It's also your birthday <laughs> week. So you started out early. It is my birthday week. Ooh. Yeah, I'm just going to be. I'm going to have a buzz this whole week. <laughs> just a constant buzz. Oh, I'm basic and I'm drinking good, a good old Sauvignon Blanc. Is it your week. mom's again this week? Uh, no, because Sister Sonia woke me up at 7 a.m. the next morning, y'all. 7 a.m. I am not lying. And she was like, did you drink my Cooper's Hawk wine? And I was like, to be honest, I really forgot that it was your bottle. I really probably. Bottle. She probably like arose from her sleep at like <laughs> six in the morning and was like, I can smell one and of I my bottles is gone. Exactly. And I even tried to hide it in the trash can. Like I thought I was slick. Like I tried to put some tissue papers over it. Nah, she got me and she woke me up bright and early 7 a.m. to let me know that I drink her Cooper's Hawk wine. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. copying Nat this week as well. And I'm also drinking a rosé also on brand for me. So... I'm with you. We'll switch it up one week, all of us. We'll try. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm drinking a Bon Viv this week. Oh, Ooh. you're fancy. Uh, Jeanette, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a vodka Gatorade. Ooh. Combo. <laughs> what a combo. Because <laughs> I figured I might as well replenish my electrolytes while I deplete them. <laughs> I think you end up at zero, so you're the same. Right, two two lefts make a right is what I. How can that possibly taste good? What flavor Gatorade? Orange, the only flavor. Oh, ew! No, blue is where it's at. Cool blast. I've never heard of this before. Jenny, you want to be the one that knows them by their actual name and not by the Arctic Blast? Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And what about you, Amanda? Did you share already what you're having? I am. Um, I'm going with my girl Joss and having Sauvignon Blanc. Ooh, okay. Let's just jump right in. So this week's topic, we're going to be talking about all things mental health. Mental health is as important as physical health. And it's always been one of those things that I feel like some people might be too scared to talk about, might be a little bit embarrassed or shy, but I feel like we're amongst friends. This is something that I know I personally struggled with. Um, Maybe you guys have, but I didn't know of. Or even if you've never personally struggled with it, maybe you know someone and you were there to witness it. So to open up the floor, I think I'm just going to put this all out there and just go, was mental health ever a topic of conversation at home? I don't know if it was ever a topic of conversation when I was younger growing up, but I think that's also, it's never been something we shied away from in my house either, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like you were, I think kind of like how we were talking about it earlier, like if you were sad, you were sad and you cried and if you were happy, you were happy. Yeah. But as a kid, I don't, I don't really know if there was ever a point in time as a child where, I, where my mom like sat me down and was like hey, this is, this is, you know, why you're feeling this way or, or something like that. But definitely as I got older, I'm not going to say it was a topic of conversation in my house, but that's mostly because of like who, like the way I am with my emotions more than like my parents didn't want to talk about it. What about you, Nat? 
Yeah, I think for me, definitely not something we talked about, but not really anything I would say I was like affected with or really grew knowledge of until like middle school, high school. Like I am just a naturally emotional person. And like I would say one thing that we had was my parents always allowed me to express my emotions, whether that was like busting out crying in the middle of dinner because someone someone insulted me, mainly my brothers, or it was like... <laughs> Or it was, like, me running to my room and, like, slam the door shut and then getting, like, you know, beat by the butt with my dad. Pretty standard. <laughs> so I will say they, there was some room that they allowed us to release our emotions and whatnot. But, yeah, I know. It's not like my parents, like, ever sat me down. Like, listen, if you feel like this, this is you come talk to us. So, I mean, yeah. I would say, like, it, it wasn't a horrible thing. Like, because I wasn't really affected by that much growing up that – you know, I always felt, like, love in my house. Like, I had my family. We were always very close-knit. But for some other families that aren't as close, that it's not a conversation. Like, I, I can imagine it would suck, especially depending on how you handle emotions. is definitely comes into play with how your family helped you go yeah, through them sure. and work through them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, think, I agree. I don't want to, like, generalize. Um, but I think in Hispanic households in general, mental health, wasn't something that was addressed. I'm not going to say it's not addressed now, but like just hearing you guys speak and my friends speak, I think in my house, any kind of like emotional outburst I had was seen as dramatic. And you guys know, and all my other friends, my boyfriend, my parents, like I'm a very emotional person. So when I'm upset, I'm like livid. And when I'm sad, I'm like devastated and I cry a lot. And I think anytime I like had an outburst, I would, when I was younger, it was like pegged as dramatic. And I would like trying to storm off or kind of like leave and they would just be like okay well she's just going through a tantrum she'll be fine which I think made it harder when I got to high school and like actually suffered through some things but on the flip side anytime like someone did something like all the good things were really celebrated like if you were happy then you were allowed to be ecstatic but if you were upset you had to cut that shit out because you're going to ruin everyone else's time like you're going through a hard time no one else is so like keep it to yourself so that you don't impose on anyone else's feelings kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think when you talk about like, this is just like really quickly, when you talk about going into high school and like not knowing how you can express these things, it's kind of like, I know for me, I just be like, do people like react this way? Do people cry at the same things that I do? Like I would like yeah. want to go around and be like, do you guys get sad sometimes? Or, or <laughs> cool. no? Cause you know, not that I was like a super sad person, but sometimes, you know, it's, it's really hard when you don't have those conversations that you feel like no one else understands or feels the same way as you do. Oh, for sure. Like for me, I was always just told, oh, Vanessa's being dramatic. And I was just like, but let me feel my feelings. And yeah. it didn't really become a topic of conversation. Same thing around high school, college. And I think we'll go into that a little bit later on in the podcast. But I think it's sort of a good thing that my parents didn't talk about it because I think I would have been very confused mm -hmm. just because I was so young and you're still learning how to process a lot of things you're growing up you're not really understanding your emotions yeah but now that I'm older I love talking about mental health I think it's like one of the healthiest things to talk about I'd agree I think to Amanda's point like about his, the Hispanic community not really talking a lot about mental health like I would say the same thing about the black community like it's very known, like the research supports it, that like the black community just does not take action in terms of seeking out help when it comes to mental health. We tend to put on a very 
strong front and not really talk about our emotions and feelings because as a community in general, we've been through a lot. So I think that's also where that kind of stems from and just having to always be strong. Strong. I mean, I know for myself, like I grew up a very, I was a happy kid, but I was also like felt a lot of like anger and like aggression a lot of times growing up because I didn't know how to process my emotions and feelings. So it really wasn't until like end of college that I've really learned to process my emotions because I was 100% known anyone who knows me can attest this I was the girl that would hold all everything and and then just like blow up. Yeah. So like I didn't get emotional a lot of the times I but it would be like months of buildup and then I would just like flip out which I know now is not healthy but um I definitely think that in the in minority communities in general I think we tend to be more have to be more strong and are told to not be so dramatic and don't show your feelings because you have to be strong and all those things where just because you have a moment doesn't mean you aren't strong. So I would agree with you on that. Uh, personally, feelings were just not a thing that we openly spoke about in my household. Unless you did something good or something well, then you really didn't get any kind of attention. Interestingly enough, though, I learned my feelings and uh, emotional control from Mr. Rogers. One of my favorite songs from him as he put that sweater on and off. What do you do with the mad you feel? I would love to sing it for you guys. I don't know the lyrics off the top of my head, but I learned a lot. Honestly, once I moved to the States, I learned a lot of like emotions and controlling things like that because Nickelodeon back in the day not the trash that kids watch now but you know back in the day they had really good shows that I feel like you could see the cartoons and be like oh I feel like that sometimes you know and maybe not so much discuss it with my parents I was always the kind of person that like I kind of did my own thing and if I fell off my bike like I didn't cry I just like wiped my shin off and kept going with my life I don't know we my brothers and I were just raised to be very tough and everything else kind of in between was just like oh you're a wuss and so now as an adult which I'll get into later I'm a major wuss because I feel like I'm overcompensating for the years that I was like, oh, I'm a tough bitch. But now I'm like, actually, am I a tough bitch? Um, so that's how I feel. Same. I love being a wuss. I'm yeah, 100%, 100% a wuss. <laughs> Honestly. I crying. My boyfriend makes fun of me about it because I'll be like, oh, let's watch like The Notebook or like A Walk to Remember. And he's like, do you just like to sit here and like make Girl, yourself cry? I'll watch <laughs> Stitch and I'll lose my mind when the ugly duckling part comes out. And I'm like, you know what? Mm. Everyone's an ugly duckling. <laughs> like, I think now and exactly what Jeanette said, like you just have to embrace it. And I'm like, I can't stop these emotions and these feelings from coming out. So, I mean, they're happening one way or another. So you're either going <laughs> to stand here and watch, watch them happen or I'm going to excuse myself. <laughs> but they're happening. <laughs> I think everyone should just embrace being a wuss at this point. What do you think would be like the time in our lives where you sort of identified that you were struggling with your mental health a little bit because now we were talking about like, it's okay to cry, it's okay to do this, but when did we get to that point? When do you think, is there a certain time, maybe in high school, elementary school, college, post-grad? Like for me, for example, 
I always knew I was anxious and I always just assumed that, oh, it's because it's school. Like school is stressful. Like I have to make straight A's. I have to get into this college. I have to get into this program. But then it wasn't until I moved from the States or from Canada to the States that I experienced depression and it was really, really bad for me. I gained like 50 pounds. It was just like a really unhealthy period of time for me. And I remember looking at my mom and my mom's just like, you need to get out of this house and like just go on a run. And I used to run a lot in high school. And even that small act of just running around the neighborhood, like one lap around the complex completely changed. And that's when I started working at a gym. I started getting, I started feeling like myself again. So that was something, that was a period for me when I first discovered, oh, like mental health is a thing that I'm struggling with. I think high school is a tough time for everyone. Biologically, you have all these like hormones and angst and you're dealing with things like you know grades and sex and you're going into these schools that I mean for me pretty much went to private school my whole life but for me personally I was also dealing with the loss of my parents business because they were mortgage brokers and the housing market crashed when I was getting ready to go into high school and then their divorce on top of it and I think I went from having a what was considered a perfect life, like two parents, a brother, a dog, we went to like, we all had private, you know, school education and went to all these sports. And then a very short amount of time, my life was flipped on its head. And I think if I would have maybe had a little bit more of a conversation of what it's like to be sad or how to feel an emotion or things like that, then I'm not saying it wouldn't have been a shock, but I was like told my life was perfect for so long. For no reason other than I was blessed and I was lucky and God has given us so many things and all those things I still believe to be true. But for some reason, it almost clicked like I couldn't get it taken away from me. And I think that when I did, it was really hard to process because I had never been given the tools. And to be honest, I can't even tell you, like Vanessa, you had the gym. I really can't even tell you what my thing was because it was a long period of time where the issues were just like piling on and and family dynamics got more and more murky as like divorces went through and all that stuff. I think the one thing that I can probably attribute to the stability of my mental health was my friends. I kind of like lived vicariously through them and the lives that they had, like the perfect homes that they had and families that they had. So if I knew my mom was mad at me, I would go hang out with my friends and be at their houses and see what a family dynamic was supposed to be like. And I think that's why I put a lot of pressure on my friends and a lot of stake in my friends and why I value them so much. When I got to college and I saw people could be your friend and still care about themselves was when I was like, okay, like, you know, you need to put in your own work for your own happiness and your own stability. And then that's kind of when I start focusing on like the gym and face masks and mac and cheese in front of like a Real Housewives episode. Like everyone knows that's like my healthcare routine. So it gets tough when you're young and you you don't really know what's going on in life. Yeah, I think I've always been, without knowing I was always an anxious kid, it didn't really hit me till high school, college even, probably more college because I'd started learning about it more. But like I was always picking at things, like picking at my cuticles, picking at my lips. If I had a scab, I would pick at my scabs all the time and come to find out later in college after, you know, studying psych and all like that's just a form of anxiety. Like that's how you sort of take out your anxiety that you're feeling. What I was anxious about, I don't know. I was a kid. I think what really triggered a lot of things was when I made the move from a public elementary school in the fourth grade to a small private Catholic school in the fifth grade and going into a school where everyone had been together since pre-K. 
and I was the odd kid out. That was a lot of anxiety because I was coming in and I was like, I don't know, like I had my best friend there. And then I met my other best friend in that same time. So that was really cool. But you don't know that when you're in the moment. And then I kind of like shut down for those couple years. I didn't really talk like my I would come home and I'd be like, how's school? And I was like, fine, everything was cool. And like, I would just give one word answers from fifth to eighth grade. And then once I got into high school, it, my mom was like, it was like night and day, like your first day at your high school, I couldn't get you to stop talking. Like you just wouldn't shut up. That's kind of like maybe my first bout of like mental health, so to say, but like the first one that I actually remember, like that I can keep, that I can point out is probably like post-graduation. That was like, like those first three months after graduation, all of you had already had jobs and I had to go back home and like try to find a job and nothing was happening. And that was, that was really rough. Like that was the time where I was like, I was depressed. I didn't want to do anything. I don't want to talk to anybody. But like, what's sad is like, no one talked about that part. Like, you're kind of told like, all right, you're graduated, you're gonna find a job and everything's gonna be beautiful and wonderful. But like, unfortunately, for me, it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, it'll happen eventually. And like, three months down the line, it still wasn't happening. So that was probably the one that was like, where I specifically remember hitting like, a block in a depression, for sure. For me, you know, when the market crashed in 08, my mom lost her job. And, you know, I was originally born in Wisconsin. I grew up in South Florida. And because my mom couldn't find a job here, we had to move to Atlanta for two years. And I hated Atlanta. I'm sure it's a great city now. (laughs) But I lived, so I moved to Florida when I was two. I lived here until I was about... 14. And then um, it was eighth grade, my mom got laid off and she looked for a job for nine months. And she could not find a job. And finally, she got an offer and it was for a company in Atlanta. So we had to move, which was really sad for me, again, because I grew up here. And also, it was a culture shock moving from South Florida to northern Atlanta, which was a very predominantly white and very wealthy neighborhood to put in perspective the apartments that we lived in were some of the nicest part apartments I've ever lived in in my life and they called it the projects of John's Creek and I was like these apartments are so nice (laughs) that's wild (laughs) I was like I had a walk-in closet that was huge I mean I could have put a bed in that closet and and I didn't even have the master my mom had the master so it was just a culture shock I mean that was one of the first I had experienced like a little bit of like like microaggressions in terms of race like living in South Florida but I had never like fully been called like a nigger by someone in my life so it was just a very like culturally different experience for me that's something that I kind of saw like a different side of the country that I had never seen and I was only 14 years old so that happened and then my dad died actually when I was 15 so that took a big toll on me as well and because of those two things kind of being put in a a different cultural uh position as well as like losing my dad I definitely fell into this deep depression I mean my mom used to be like this is not my the kid that I knew who lived in Florida and that was actually my first experience with therapy at like 15 16 years old just because I again like I said previously I was a very like sassy angry frustrated kid that was the first time that I kind of had to like acknowledge how I felt about things and even then 
I really only went to therapy for like four months and then I kind of like brushed it, those feelings under the rug. So yeah, I mean, that was really a time for me where it wasn't easy. It was really hard. It was really depressing. Um, I would 100% say that I was depressed, but that's that's what happened. And here I am today, better than ever. <laughs> not brushing things under the rug. <laughs> We're not brushing things under the rug. My thing that I used to say is it's fine. And now I know it's not okay. I've been through a lot in my life. 25 years old, I feel like I've been through a good amount of shit. I feel like there's no reason to brush things under the rug. Like, speak your truth, be honest of how you feel. And and it makes you who you are. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, Jocelyn was like, I'm yeah. not brushing things under the rug anymore. She just fucking threw the whole like rug were, out. Like, Jocelyn would only talked about what was going on in her life and we were on, like, long car rides. Like... Yeah, I mean, it's true. I I would 100% agree that within the last three years, I've learned how to kind of like acknowledge what I'm feeling more, not really just like blow up or let like, because I'm telling you, it would be the smallest thing that would trigger me. And I would just blow up about like four months of shit that I had been piling like piling up. So you know, I think I also just started going to therapy again in like February just to unpack a bunch of other shit. So I love therapy. I'm all for therapy, kids. Go to therapy. Nat, what was what were you what were you gonna say? I'm gonna be honest, like I really was kind of like I guess naive in the sense if I'm just being completely honest. Like I remember I had friends that would like tell me that they were depressed or like tell me they would go through anxiety and all all that stuff and I would kind of just be like Oh, I don't. I don't feel that. I don't know. Like, what, <laughs> I it, like it's obviously not funny, but in a way, I would just be like, "Oh, like thank God I'm not these guys." And then, like two or three years later, I was like, "Oh shit!" Now this is what they felt. Okay, now this makes plenty. This makes perfect sense. Now I really wasn't too much until I got into college, but I think the downfall of it of being naive and and of not kind of feeling those things before is like, I guess you just feel so behind. So when I started feeling you know, anxious in college, like, I didn't understand what it was, you know, like, I didn't really get like, okay, why would I get so overwhelmed? And I um, actually went to one of the doctors like on campus, and I have, it's kind of just like specific anxieties, but a test anxiety was something that completely like took over me. Like, if I, oh, yeah, if people like finished taking tests before me, I would immediately freak the fuck out. Like couldn't even look at my tests anymore. Like could not focus because I would just feel like everyone around me is finishing their tests and they all think I'm a freaking moron because I haven't finished mine yet. And I remember, oh my God, the math lab, math lab <laughs> at UCF. I don't know whose goddamn idea it was to put a fucking big ass clock on the wall, like right in front of us, like down. Oh my to god, the I know exactly second. what you're talking about. Like down to the second of how much time you had left, and yeah. and you could leave the room once you finish your test. So I would, I wouldn't even like do my test. Like I would literally just stare at the clock and just want to die, honestly. And that for me was something that I was like, okay, this is obviously not normal. Like I just feel so like I can't breathe. Like I'm so overwhelmed by this. And that was definitely one of the first things of like, okay, maybe I do have these things and suffer from these things. And like, I will say for me, like it definitely comes and goes. And I've done a lot of like research on it to be able to realize like, okay, 
like ways to handle it and ways to like talk myself out of it because I'm such a thinker like my brain goes like a hundred miles per minute so I could go from like a happy thought to a terrifying thought in like two minutes so it's really about like figuring out how your mind works but like for me I really didn't realize much until college and until like the stress of the real world just came down on me. I feel the same way Natalie. I guess I didn't realize that I had or didn't notice that I had anxiety and I don't know I'm not I'm like self prescribing myself right now but (laughs) I I just honestly like I've never even gone to a therapist because I'm just like oh I can solve my own problem and that's I'm very autonomous when it comes to things like that but up until recently like I was actually diagnosed with ADHD and anyone that knows me knows that I've had this forever I was the kid in class that would finish something like I'd finish my work and then I'd go talk to someone and distract them and I talk so much and that's just it's a form of ADHD basically it's just hyperactivity and whether that's tapping your feet or like moving your fingers or yapping your gums which is what I do flapping your gums god damn it <laughs> um so yeah I've I've always had ADHD. wait you do what I have no. <laughs> what do you say? He said yapping your gums. <laughs> He's a Gatorade and vodka talking. Honestly, yeah, it's, it's hitting me. Um, but so so yeah, I've I've always had ADHD. I think anxiety kind of kicked in maybe late high school, definitely college, and I didn't know it was anxiety. I just thought that I had like my mom called this like called it a nervous tick. I don't even know what that means, but basically like. Now I have okay nails, but I used to bite off my nails all the time. Um, I used to. I still do. I used to. <laughs> I still. It. To this day, I bite my lip until it bleeds. And I bite it so hard that I have a scab on the same spot. And that's a form of anxiety. But the thing is that, like, this is why I think it's healthy to have these type of conversations. Because, I don't know, I was just raised in a way that, like, these things didn't exist. I mean, my dad's from 1950. So my dad was like, these things didn't exist in my time. So like, why are you guys making shit up now? And I was like, you know what, maybe we are making shit up. I've just always been like, I'm gonna do this. I can take care of myself. I can do another thing that my parents like, really cultivated in me from a very young age was like the pharmaceutical industry in the US and credit card debt, which Damn, I didn't listen to either of those. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> here I am. Sorry, mom and dad. But um, they were like, yeah, you know, like you'll go into the doctor, you'll have hypertension and then you get a prescription for that. And then you'll a uh, migraines. They'll, they'll give you a prescription for that. I don't want to take prescriptions for things. That's like the last thing I want to do. And so I try to find alternative ways to deal with my anxiety. I wouldn't say I have depression. I've I've had the points in my life, but who the fuck hasn't? So yeah, the way that I deal with it, I think, you know, CBD is a great helper out there for all of my <laughs> friends. Uh, I'm a person. Uh, yes, the CBD. The CBD is great. I think uh, yoga, meditation is great. I think self-care, which I think should be differentiated from self-maintenance. Self-care is really like taking care of yourself, both physically and mentally. Yeah. self-maintenance is like I'm painting my nails and a lot of times I think we like you know blur that line and mm-hmm. I'm guilty of being like oh I painted my toes today I already took care of my shit. like I'm good to go and where sometimes it's important to just take time and like sit down chill out 
so yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a work in progress. I don't think I'll ever be perfect at it. And yeah, still biting my lip. So we good, I guess. <laughs> We're making this shit work. <laughs> I do wanna I do wanna call like one thing out that you mentioned about like psychiatrists. I do think it's important that we note the difference between a therapist mm-hmm. and a psychiatrist. I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a psychiatrist can um prescribe medication or a therapist mm-hmm. you, they can't that's why you go to a psychiatrist because you need to get um some type of medicine that will assist you in your mental health when i moved to new york and i think moving to new york was just a lot going on i was moving to nc i only knew literally jocelyn and my now roommate and it was just a culture shock for me like new experience and i had a really bad panic attack that I was literally gripping the sink and I felt like I couldn't move. It was like complete paralysis. I called my mom the next day. I didn't want to call her that night because she already knew how much I was struggling. So I didn't want to freak her out even more. But I called her the next day and she made me an appointment that night to go see a therapist. And honestly, Lisa changed my life. <laughs> um, I went to, I think, like eight sessions. And literally, it was a mirror. Like, I see therapy as a mirror. And you're just talking and talking. And someone's guiding the conversation. But then she'll say something that you're like, oh, my God, I haven't thought about this since I was, like, eight years old. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was a trigger. Mm -hmm. And they call you out on your shit. She calls me out on my shit all the time. I do not take well. And they'll be like, oh, remember that, what we talked about three weeks ago? Well, that's related to that. And I'm like, I would be like, no, Lisa, I don't remember. Do you want to tell me? Well, let me Lisa had her notebook. She's like, okay, so we talked about you can't let's Least, acknowledge it my, my, name, her, my therapist name is Naomi and Naomi calls me the f- out all the time <laughs> she always and I'm like damn <laughs> I'm like damn Naomi therapists will call, will call you out in a nice way obviously because they don't want to trigger you again yes. but um yeah so like I went to therapy I thought it was honestly such a beautiful experience I she taught me sort of like little tools and breathing exercises because I tend to overthink and get paranoid of certain things so when I tend to see myself falling down a hole of being like just rambling in my head I'm like okay Vanessa step aside breathe we have like little like mental health cubicles in the in my office so we can go into like a room and just breathe it out it's very calming and we need that honestly it's a game changer I loved therapy. Now I haven't gone in almost a year and I still use the tools that she's taught me. Well, and sometimes that's all you need. Like I have a lot of people that even have told me techniques that they've learned and they're like, yeah, I don't see anybody anymore, but these things like stick with Mm -hmm. you. Like I know one of the biggest things that one of my friends shared with me because I don't know, because I mean, I've never personally gone to see a therapist. Like, I mean, I probably should at this point, but it's fine. <laughs> um, but one of my friends who had gone had taught that something like if you are feeling really anxious or you're having an anxiety attack and you kind of are exactly, you know, I think Vanessa and I are very similar in the way we think about things and react to things. And so my biggest issue is just overthinking and like literally not letting my brain jumping from thought to thought. So I know one of my friends taught me that like start telling yourself like physical things around you or like what's happening, like where you are you know, reminding yourself what is real in that moment, like to kind of get you out of this headspace of all these things that may be true, maybe not true, be like, you know, I'm wearing this outfit and I'm standing here and this is the city I'm in, this place I'm at, these are the people I'm with. And it like brings you back to reality. And that's something like I still practice even today. I'm sure that works well too, if you get really, really high. 
So um, <laughs> I have, I don't know, just thinking. Yeah, out loud. sure. Um, additionally, <laughs> I would like to point out that um, therapy and mental health has become uh, a more well-known topic. And I think us speaking candidly about it is a clear demonstration of that. So let's think back to like the 50s, you know, where like Barbara was in her kitchen and she had her neighbor <laughs> and Barbara and Helga were just like oh yes you know did you see Cindy and her dress was shorter than her knees what a hoe and then (laughs) Barbara was like yeah you know I heard she's seen a therapist and it'd be like a big scandal because like she'd be crazy yeah you didn't talk about that everyone goes to brunch and we're like oh my god I saw my therapist you saw yours like let's talk about it and I think really normalizing the conversation around it helps to help people because I mean, we're all a little fucked, but I think that there's people out there that are in deeper issues, but there's multiple different things that can happen and that you can have going on that you might not even think is mm-hmm. anything that you should seek help for. So I, so I think it's a, a great thing to have the conversation. I think the biggest thing that like holds people back <laughs> is not thinking that other people feel the same way as them. I think that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing for me is being like, oh my God, no one else reacts like this. No one else feels this way. I must be the only one, so I shouldn't be able to bring it up. That's, I think, how a lot of people don't get to be able to talk about things like this. I think that might have, I'm not saying that, like, that's not the case anymore. I think for me, it goes back to what Jeanette said, like, and we've all touched on this and have given examples where, like, you're going to go through things in life. It's life for a reason. You're going to have highs and lows, and it might present itself in you know, middle school when you're switching schools or in high school when your parents are getting divorced or in college when you're dealing with the real world or whatever, you know, what have you. Um, I think my biggest issue with the things I go through is I have a really hard time putting myself in the position of like claiming to have anxiety or whatever, because I feel like what I have compared to or what I've experienced is so minor compared to what I hear other people experience. And the biggest thing I've heard from like, people with anxiety or people with like chronic depression is the like fear of it being normalized. And um, I think that there is a difference between suffering from anxiety and going through anxious moments in your life. Um, I think we're humans. So we all have anxious or anxieties or things that we do when we're feeling uncomfortable and some present themselves more obvious than others. But I look at like friends of mine that like can't leave their house because they're having that bad of anxiety and I can't even begin to like put it into words as to why they can't leave their house it's not like they're afraid they're going to get hurt the moment they walk outside the doors they just can't muster up the strength to leave the home so my issue is where I'm like okay well it's not that bad so who cares like you'll get over it kind of thing and I think when you think in that perspective you don't go out of your way to find cures you just wait for it to pass Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and you do things like indulge in your favorite meal but I mean how many of us have had a rough day or have felt anxious and we like drink a glass of wine or like like it's fun to get drunk with your friends or whatever but I think that like we've all skated the line where we're doing it to escape a reality and that's when it like is not healthy yeah I'll say um, like I know last year was definitely I touched I know I touched upon it earlier that like my first bout of like realizing that I had learned like that mental health was an issue um was like post-graduation in college but definitely last year was like my year to like really 
uh, go through it. Um, and in like a span of like two weeks. So like my grandmother passed away two days after she passed, I was in a new job. And then two weeks after that, it was like a breakup. So like it was it, that time in and of itself, it was such a whirlwind. Like you thought you were getting, you're picking yourself up and then you were like, next thing you know, you're back down on the floor again. I've always been like, since I was a kid, I've always been the kind of person I'm like, I don't mind helping my friends with their problems, but I don't want to give you, like, I don't want to have to come to you with my problems. Not because I don't trust you guys, just because I'm like, oh, I don't want to be a burden. Everything's fine. I'm fine. And I was much, I was a lot like Jocelyn, where I was like, I just bottle things up until like, I couldn't. I couldn't anymore and like at the drop of a hat like the most minute thing you could blink at me the wrong way and I'm like what what do you mean and I would just blow up so I think it took me up until like October time of last year to really sort of figure things out like hey you you got to get this in check like this isn't okay anymore and I didn't ever I'm I love therapy I've never been to it though like I've, I've been able to study it and I think it's a great tool but it wasn't something that I used I kind of just sort of Maybe it's because I studied psych and I was able to like sort of figure those things out on my own. But I kind of just sat there and really took the time to like self-reflect. And I think that's a big, that's another big thing is self-reflection um, and like journaling and like figuring out like what makes you tick. And that's where therapy can help you too, where it's like, you don't really, you might not know what makes you tick. So they can tell you that if you have to cut people out, you cut people out and that's fine sure. too, you know? hundred percent. Um, I love going to the beach personally. And just, I used yeah. to take when I first moved to back to the States. I also didn't have friends, but like I would <laughs> go to the beach and I would just sit there and just, and some people will like put on music or read a book or things like that. I would just sit there and listen to the ocean waves. And it was like yeah. one of those therapeutic things for me. And I would just reflect, I would meditate. And that's when I started journaling. Like, honestly, like it's such an important thing. It's so true. Just like finding mm -hmm. different ways to do yeah, that like therapy is great but if you don't always have access to therapy there are other ways to do it yeah, so I, I did I, I kind of took the unconventional route um and I would actually go I turned to religion turning to religion was a big thing for me I don't think that's unconventional I pray to God all the time when I'm like God I mean I have nothing else to I have no other way of you are my last out. resort <laughs> yeah no you're my first dog you're my first uh, anyway, um, no I was really... watching down on me like you bitch <laughs> <laughs> no but I do think like honestly and this is like a really sweet sentiment that I got from my mom she would always tell me the one thing she always had like when things got so bad was her faith like that was the you know she knew that because God was on her side and looking over her mm -hmm. that things were going to get better and things like were not as bad as they seemed at that moment and that to me has stuck with me ever since I was a kid so you yeah. know, when I do think things are so bad, I'm like, God has a plan and he can't possibly make things any worse. So things have to just go up from here. And so I definitely agree with you on that sentiment. Yeah. And I'm not super open about it just because religion is just something that I think is for me and that I practice on my own. And yeah. I think anybody that. That goes, anybody that goes and uses that as an outlet is, I mean, I think it's super helpful. And I think it's great for anybody that feels expressive enough to use that. Yeah, I loved it. I I did a lot of being Catholic. We have this op this opportunity called um, perpetual adoration, where you can go sit in front of the Eucharist for as long as you want, really. And it's it's really nice. It's like the one place where I can turn off my brain, and it's so peaceful. And there's like there's not a sound in the world. Yeah. Um, so I would actually go in there a lot. If I had a lot on my mind, I would take a journal in there with me and just sort of write it out, write everything out, like whatever, like a brain dump. Um, and there were times where I would just spend, especially after my grandmother passed. Um, I would spend hours in there, like hours, like two, three hours at a time, just sitting there crying because it was like it was 
the only place I knew I could cry, aside from the shower, um, <laughs> and those are good cries, man. <laughs> it's the shower only place I knew I could cry. Shower cries are the deep, best. Man. The best with cries. the with the lights off, and you're sitting, yeah. <laughs> like you're just you're gone. Like there's nothing happening. And um, then you just fall asleep so much quicker. Oh, like, all, oh. But then you have to, like, you kind of have to hide it because you're just like, I don't want my parents to know that I was crying in the shower. So you gotta, like, <laughs> yes. you gotta, like, hide your puffiness. You're like, I'm puffy and it's fine. Yeah. There were times where I had to, like, sit there for hours at a time and just, like, cry and just feel every emotion that I had to feel because I, I knew it was, like, that was my safe space to go feel it. It makes me happy to hear that you kind of, like, rely on your faith um, for your mental health because I think that's something that I've struggled to get back into like I grew up in the church I was Mm -hmm. in the middle school ministry the high school ministry and I think like as things like around like how I mentioned before 14 15 kind of like took a a rough patch for me like I feel like I kind of moved away from like faith like I always believed in but like I didn't invest into it as much as I wish I um would have i think that's something that i'm trying to get back into myself like praying more and having faith and just kind of like rediscovering that relationship because even if i i think you don't have to be a super religious person but i think spirituality in general is something that everyone should look for um Mm -hmm. and that in itself can be therapeutic so that's something that I'm currently doing. And also, like, when we were in Tampa over the weekend, I was just floating in the water. <laughs> and I feel like you guys were looking at me like... Yeah, we were like, is she okay? <laughs> like, they were like... No, one point, I looked, out, was one point I looked out at her and I was like, she's good. Yeah, she's good. I feel like, fine. Yeah, she's good. I feel like everyone was probably just like, what the fuck? Like, what is she doing? <laughs> it was also because you were in so deep, so it was just your head. Yeah, yeah, literally. We were just mind. bopping. And we were like, okay, on what territory do we go run out and like save How her? How far deep do we have to be? I really back, back and it's like, I think I interrupted something. <laughs> I think she was. And I was just floating. It, I really wasn't that deep, guys. My I was just sitting on my knees. So in the water. So that's why it looked like I was deeper than I was. But yeah, like that's me. It was very, and I think that's probably why I loved going to the beach so much because kind of similar to Vanessa so when I was younger that was really, like therapeutic for me um and there's there's beaches in New York but they're not the same as Florida beaches Yikes, yeah so they're not <laughs> the same running has been really therapeutic for me and exercise in general and just you know talking to talking about my feelings <laughs> like it sounds yeah it sounds so simple but like it was so hard for so long and I feel mm-hmm. like I, I agree, feel like yeah. now it's just like I'm just now starting to get used to talking about and talking yeah. feel about I, I, yeah I think you and I kind of went on a similar a similar journey yeah Jenny <laughs> I'm still I'm not great at it but I'm definitely more open to being like hey I'm not feeling too great or hey this is happening right now I'll call everyone on my roster and be like I don't feel good <laughs> someone talk to me or I'm going like, to feel worse who can I cry to today? I will first <laughs> if you guys don't answer. So I need someone right now on the phone. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know. I feel a lot like you when I was growing up. I was super close to my faith, um, like raised in the church. Uh, and you got you go to college and like other things become a priority than like keeping that up. And I think your your life gets very loud when you're in college. You have 
tests and friends and nights out and like there's not a lot of room for quiet space in your head and then you graduate and you have situations like uh four of us where we move away and then it gets very quiet because you're alone or you only have one other person or you are like natalie and jenny where your life was going at a thousand miles an hour and then it just just jolts to a halt when i pray the one thing that has like really helped me is like just counting all the things i'm thankful for like the simple blessings like i always think like I'm thankful for three things, the food in my belly, the shirt on my back and the roof over my head. Like those are such things that we take for granted. And they're so simple, but like literally for me, it's so grounding to think like, and I'm not saying that your issues aren't important, but like, it's just very humbling and you, you can really sit back and go, okay, like I can handle whatever is coming at me. Cause I have a place to lay my head out at night. You know, I have something to close my clothe myself with. And like, I don't have to worry about my next meal. Obviously when we were in college, we had to worry about it a little bit, but the dollar store always cost us. So we were good on that. Always dollar Um, store mac and cheese. Vanessa, you've kind of inspired me. Jocelyn, not the running because I'm not a runner, but like, I love being outdoors and I actually love doing things like riding horses or like being around animals or being in nature, like actual, like the ocean, like something that's living. Um, And it's something I never do. And now talking and like listening to you guys out, like, I think all of you know, a big proponent of my issues is always my family. I almost love them to a fault where I neglect myself to appease them. Um, But I'm going to say you guys have kind of inspired me to like, tell them, no, like I need to, you're right, Jeanette, like self maintenance and self care, doing a 15 minute mass. So I don't break out is not the same as making sure I'm like mentally fulfilled and stable personally i have never been a woman of faith as you would say um let's say she's a heathen (laughs) (laughs) well i don't mean it like that my family was cat they are i guess i don't know i don't know where they stand right now i was raised catholic my so much that i have cousins that are like priests in the catholic church Um, i didn't know that yeah, you know, that's the only way I could do my first communion was kind of bootleg. Oh, I love this story so much. I did not know any of my prayers because every time they, like, wanted me to, like, learn them, I would throw away the book and then, like, wow. my, yeah, my chores. I'm so disappointed, Jet, and you know I'm why. I'm so sorry. I was over here begging to become a Catholic. And I know, I, I know. Prayer, I'm so sorry. They wouldn't let me be a Catholic, and Jet's over here like, I know. haha, I got the priest I'm on my side. I so sorry. <laughs> Honestly, we could have traded spaces. Um, one of my chores was to, we used to have, uh, like a big lab that was mixed with something. And so this dog was massive. And one of my chores was to like dig a hole in the backyard and like plant her poop. And I would plant like my, my church book in there with the poop. <laughs> um, Oh my honestly, God. yeah, I brought my mom. Had, the man had the, had something else inside. I just honestly, like, I've always been very rebellious, whether it came to like, oh, men are outside, like doing outdoor chores, women are outside cooking. I was just like, no, fuck it. I'll mow the lawn. Edwin can do the dishes. Um, <laughs> just or, like thrown the book away or like yeah. put it on a different book. Well, bookshelf, I had to get creative because I tried tossing it in the trash once and my mom found it and whooped me. So, uh, okay. So this was uh, your I second I would get creative. Attempt. Yeah, yeah. This was, I think I had like two or three attempts. My point is I've never been a religious person. 
I believe that there's a God, but I have a lot of questions that are unanswered. And I'm not going to get into my faith right now. This isn't a confessional. But, you know, if that works for you, honestly, run with it. Because a lot of people struggle to find that to work for them, right? So that's where I stand when it comes to that. I've never been religious, but I'm spiritual. And I believe that things happen for a reason, basically, you know? And I believe that there is a purpose to life. And I believe that when things happen there's a purpose to them. And so that gives me reassurance and it kind of allows me to live my life in a way that's a little bit more calming that I was just like, oh, I'm just another human that's going to die and not nothing's going to happen to me. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to turn like, you know, turn into compost and like that's the end of my story. That kind of helps me keep my life in a lighter light, I guess. Um, I don't know if anybody else feels that type of way. Uh, one thing that helps me deal with I have a lot of different things that I deal with <laughs> I'm like unpacking she's my trying to figure right out which now. one she's like all right which, which one, one are we talking about, about right I have a lot of different things that I deal with um I have for example for my ADHD I have fidget toys that I use during my work day um I have <laughs> y'all laugh but it works no, I, I love I got one I got one from Hulu love my vendor yes I I have fidget toys I have different things that um help me focus um so that's one. Um, additionally, when it comes to like anxiety, depression, things like that, I like, and I don't know about y'all, but I, Spotify, great resource. There's a lot of apps out there as well, but I love positive reaffirmations. If I'm going to mm -hmm. go into work and, you know, work is fine. It's not like a fairy tale, but it's also not like the devil's den. So if I'm going to go into work and maybe it's going to be a rough day, I'll hype myself up, you know? Um, I'll tell myself that I'm a badass bitch and ain't nobody got shit on me. And like, I'll start with things like that. Or I'll just be like, you know what? Like you have perfect skin. How many people would want to have your perfect skin, you know, or you have a nice rack and it could be physical or I'll just go into like other things like, oh, you have a great personality. You light up the room. And it sounds a little bit like full of myself, but no, no, you're not confident. Yeah, yeah I, I thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you guys. But I feel like I people appreciate play that, that down. People like make it seem like there's a problem. Yeah, I think it's important for me also because I also don't want to hype myself up to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm too good for this life. Um, so <laughs> I also I like to like Amanda said, humble myself here and then. I'll watch videos of like kids in like South America, Colombia, where I come from, and it's it's just kind of realizing that like you're fortunate, you know. <laughs> So you guys are laughing at me, but I do these things. Anyway, aside from self-care and self-maintenance, it's important to know self-care and self-sabotage because you can also hype yourself up to the point where you think you're too good for your friends, you're too good for your man, you're too good for your job, you're too good for everything, and then you're going to end up sad and lonely and by yourself. So there's a thin <laughs> line between love and hate, as the good old song says, kids. Um, I just wanted to say something quick in response to something uh, Jeanette said. She's... Jeanette has been like in terms of my mental health I would say Jeanette would has been like very much an inspiration for me I mean well thanks when friend. I was first when I first moved to New York there was a time where I was going through some shit with my job and I literally called Jeanette at like eight like 8 45 and I was supposed to be at work by 9 30 and I was in my house something had happened the previous day at work and I called Jeanette and I was like Jeanette I can't go and she's like what the fuck do you mean you can't go what do you mean? And I was like, something happened yesterday. She's like, it's going to be worse if you don't go in. And she like talked me down off of a ledge. a ledge because I was probably maybe even a cliff. 
a hundred percent a clip because I was already yeah. this close to ruining my career. I was already on my way out. She just really helped me like make sure I stayed on that path out. So I'm always here. I'm always here, guys. <laughs> Friendly call away. She keeps it's definitely good high. to be able to have those people in your life that like, you know, like we keep saying, this conversation is so important and it's great to be able to have that friend group that understands you and that you can share these things with. Honestly, on a very surface level note, for me sometimes because of, you know, one of my biggest issues is just my mind, like just thinking about outlandish things or also being so focused and honed in on things and like worrying so much about things. Like honestly, mindless like television to me is so <laughs> just great. Like just having a long day when you have your thoughts like running rampant and when you have so many things to deal with and figure out, it's so nice to just put on some good television that doesn't make you think that makes you laugh. And that puts me in such an exponential mood. Like everyone needs to take a break. I think at some point, I know sometimes in the middle of like the work day, you know, just being able to stay away from your computer and be like, I'm not focusing on anything going on. TikTok. It's a great um, <laughs> break that I like to give myself. <laughs> Sometimes in the middle of the day, sometimes it turns into a three hour long break. So, I mean, that's my own fault. I'm getting better at it. But yeah, definitely find out what works best for you and just really be able to open up and have those conversations and find the people that you can talk to these things about because a lot more under a lot more people will understand it than you probably think. I do want to add one last thing. And this is something that works for me, may not work for everyone, but if all else fails, just laugh at yourself it works for me i think anyone that knows me knows i'm a class clown i will literally on purpose fuck things up so that i can make humor out of it and that works for me um so yeah try it out laugh a little laugh a lot lol and um that's all i gotta say for sure laugh a little laugh a lot and that's what we tend to do in this group of friends but before we close out what are we cheersing to this week ladies so for those of you who don't know, I have my best friend and my goddaughter. Uh, well, my best friend has a son and then my goddaughter. Uh, they will be both turning one year old. So Trey and Demi will be a year old this week. Um, and I get to go down to Miami and be with them for their first birthday. So um, I'm choosing to them. And in 20 years, they can cheers to themselves. <laughs> it's a big one. I cheers to Natalie last week, and I will cheers her again this week. Oh, uh, I did two country. weeks in a row. Two weeks oh in a row. God. Wow, two Matt. weeks in a row. You guys um, but I'm also uh, a I'm so true gonna... Gemini. <laughs> All the love. Um, I'm also going to cheers to my sister. Um, we Woo! got some big news for her. Which I, I don't think I can share yet, um, but I will cheers to my sister this week. To cat. To cat. I'm going to cheers to my soul sister of a Gemini. NatCab1212, even though she's not on Twitter anymore, but she is NatCab5 on Twitter. NatCab5 on TikTok, TikTok, Nat underscore Caballero on Instagram. Yes, (laughs) iconic. So cheers to her. My goodness, thank you. Nat, I love you, but you're not going to get another cheers out of me. It's fine. She still said my name in her statement, so that's good enough for me. Love you, but no. I am cheersing to know new beginning i don't know why i feel like there's just something new on the horizon well mercury's going to retrograde on thursday 
and the hills new beginnings but in the hills new beginnings is starting a new season soon but that's probably not what you <laughs> keep <talking about. laughs> i choked on my wife <laughs> um yeah so i don't really know what's but i'm speaking into existence i feel yes. like I think yeah. my floating around in the ocean really helped put some things in perspective. Y'all were like, what the fuck? But for me, what the fuck was great because it worked. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, something new is on the horizon. So cheers to some new beginning. I am sipping and cheers into something very simple. Um, I got some plants in the mail and I also purchased <laughs> two new plants. Um, I am trying to grow a green thumb. I don't know if that's how that is phrased. I'm not sure. Um, I'm trying to gain a green thumb. I'm trying to develop a green thumb. Um, develop. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thinking gain plants grow, thumb. you know, uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. Um, so anyway, I got some plants in the mail. I bought, uh, another small tree, um, yesterday. And so I'm just out here trying to make a little jungle in my house. I love plants. <laughs> I love just watering them and watching them bloom. And it's encouraging to know that, you know, I can keep something alive. Not all of them, but some of them survive. So cheers to that. Cheers to me and my plants. And okay, cheers to Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew uh, I would get one more. Anyway, I guess cheers to me. My birthday is on Friday. I'll be turning 23 years young, but also, Woo! thank you. Um, also, <laughs> cheers to my boyfriend, Colin. He will be turning 24 on oh, Sunday. Stan, Colin. What a thank gem. you very much. Love that. Also, this weekend love. is Father's Day, which I think yes. most of us forgot. forgot. So, so cheers to our dads. Cheers to our cheers dads to my dad. as well. Cheers to my dad. And, um, and North uncles and into all. Northwest, she yeah. also celebrated a birthday. So I hope oh, the Kardashians geez. are doing well as always. Um, cheers to new beginnings and just hoping 23 brings some good vibes, a job, preferably, um, a decent <laughs> amount of money. And um, <laughs> I need a paycheck. And <laughs> affirmations. Oh, yeah. You know what I did on my 24th? I made a list of things that I wanted to happen in the next year. I can and do I that. Say, all but one happened, but I still got mm-hmm. time, so. You got a couple things, right? Yeah. Well, so I would write a list down that, see if it works. Cheers. Or even do a vision board. Yeah. That's also Ooh, cool. Yeah. What happens. I do have a lot I... of free time, so these are, <laughs> <laughs> these are possibilities. So thank you guys all for your well wishes and spending this past weekend with me. Of course. So, well, thank you all so much for listening this week and allowing us to open up about our mental health and some of the ways and resources we use to work and even overcome some of our struggles. I hope you all enjoyed listening. And as as always, this has been Gossipin', the podcast where we gossip while we sip.